0: Welcome to the Truth Hurts program with Steve Z. Well, hello once again, and welcome back to the Truth Hurts program with Steve Z, the program that exposes the lies of the left, the Democratic Party double standard, the despicable administration of gropey, mopey, dopey, fondler of little girls, pedophile Pete, better known as Joseph Robinette Biden. White House Press Secretary Corrine Jean-Pierre, the quota hire, the Black-African-American lesbian female who only got the job because she checked off equity boxes on Biden's DEI wish list, issued a wonderful, glowing praise of President Biden's Tuesday speech in Virginia on baby murder. She claims his speech was fiery, despite the much-noticed flubs and near-constant interruptions by protesters concerning Biden's mishandling of the war between Israel and Hamas. The speech was just another rah, 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 love me because I'm Joe Biden speech, but this part of the speech really, really caught me off guard. You will need a translator for this, but I'm going to play it as Biden said it. Take a listen. We'll teach Donald Trump a valuable lesson. Don't mess with the men in America unless you want to get the benefit. Now in case you didn't understand it, because 99% of Americans didn't understand it, he was up there pointing his fingers and he had a smile on his face or a grimace, I'm not sure which. Maybe he just had gas, as many people his age do. But this is what he had to say, I'm going to play it again for you, maybe two or three times. I'm going to use some editing tools to even slow it down to see if you can make out what he said. We'll teach Donald Trump a valuable lesson. Don't. Mess with the men of America unless you want to get the benefit. I'm sorry, stutter again. We'll teach Donald Trump an, a valuable lesson. Don't mess with the men of America unless you want to get the benefit. Maybe a little slower this time. We'll teach Donald Trump an, a valuable lesson. Don't mess with the men of America unless you want to get the benefit. I think he said we'll teach Donald Trump a lesson don't mess with minim minimum minim in america if you want to benefit the auto captioning feature on the television here says that mr biden said quote we'll teach donald trump a valuable lesson don't mess with the minimum work unless you want to get the billifin i'm not sure what a billifin is but that's not what he supposedly said the official edited white house transcript says He said, Joe Biden, that is, we'll teach Donald Trump a valuable lesson. Don't mess with the women of America unless you want to get the benefit, which makes absolutely no sense. He's of course being blasted by critics over his cognitive inability, the common critique of the president within his own party, not to mention from others. Biden was flustered multiple times during the speech as he shared the stage with Camel Toe Harris, the lying, whining vice president, the fake black girl, flanked by both the first lady Jill Biden and the so-called second gentleman, Doug Emhoff. And then, of course, he had to be guided off the stage. Immediately after beginning his remarks, a male protester holding a Palestinian flag yelled out to gropey Joe Biden, how many kids have you killed? Then the protester was drowned out by the morons in the crowd chanting four more years as a security guard escorted the protester out. Why? Because Biden cannot stand to be called out for his ridiculous programs, processes, and procedures. Biden tried to plow ahead with remarks and was constantly interrupted by people who hate him. By the end, about a dozen protesters had interrupted the president, shouting slogans like stop funding genocide or genocide. Joe has got to go. Biden said this is going to go on for a while. They got this planned. Yes, most protests are planned. Joe Biden, in case you did not realize that, in case your mind is too feeble to understand that. Meanwhile, Speaker Mike Johnson, the Speaker of the House, the Republican House of Representatives leader, is correct according to Real Clear Policy, a story by Newt Gingrich, former Speaker of the House. Stop the fake border bill. Mike Johnson sent out an email which captures just what is happening in the US Senate. He wrote, they want you to believe that the deal they're offering to the American people is a quote, compromise, unquote. Senator Schumer wants you to sign off on 150,000 illegal immigrants entering the country uninhibited per month. That's nearly the population of my hometown in Louisiana. They want work permits for every illegal alien who's been released into the country and they want you to pay their legal fees. My answer, Mike Johnson said, is no. Absolutely not. Newt Gingrich writes, As I mentioned on my podcast this week, I am proud of Speaker Johnson's firm position, but he's going to need a lot of grassroots support to convince Senate Republicans not to go along with this border sellout. Americans, like you and like me, want a clean, simple bill that controls the border and stops illegal immigrants from entering the United States. Americans strongly favor legal, lawful immigration but they are worried about the enormous flood of illegal immigrants from 160 plus countries, including people on the terrorist watch list and criminals from dangerous cartels. The idea of closing Brooklyn, New York's James Madison High School so American students have to learn from home while illegal immigrants stayed in the warm school building is a symbol of the misplaced values and destructive policies of the Biden administration. The people of America actually strongly support a different bill, the Secure the Border Act of 2023, which House Republicans passed last year. At America's New Majority Project, we found enormous support for key provisions in that bill, which address amnesty and parole systems that are currently being abused. In a brand new poll by America's New Majority Project, 77% of Americans reject non-citizens being able to vote 60% 60% strongly oppose non-citizen voting. The voting issue is the game changer. A Republican who is against non-citizens voting defeats a Democrat who favors non-citizens voting 56 to 29%, with 15% undecided. Americans do not want to open up the welfare system to illegal immigrants either. Why should programs designed and contributed to by taxpaying, legal, lawful American citizens be open to abuse by illegal criminals who don't belong here in the first place. According to the Rasmussen Polling Organization, 73% of Americans believe rightfully so that illegal immigration is simply bad for America. By the way, 71% believe that legal, lawful, controlled access immigration is actually good for our nation. In a poll by the Trafalgar Group, Only 14% of Americans throughout the entire country favor amnesty or citizenship for people who entered the country unlawfully, trespassing, invading. The confusion amongst Senate Republicans to me is painful. Perhaps you should call your Republican Senator today and let him know that you will work diligently to keep them from being reelected if they support this disastrous immigration bill that does nothing but allow the flow of illegal immigrants to continue under Joe Biden's despicable border failure. I can't even call it a border policy. It is an outright disaster. You're listening to the Truth Hurts Program. On yesterday's second edition of the Truth Hurts Program, I spoke to you about the hundreds of thousands of proposed announced layoffs, job cuts, and business closures That happened last year and are set to happen again this year, thanks to Bidenomics, thanks to Joe Biden's disastrous mishandling of our economy. Pat Cooley writes in the Messenger publication, California's minimum wage hike may cost thousands of fast food workers their jobs. I warned you about that quite some time ago. California, of course, raising the minimum wage to a whopping $20 per hour for whopper floppers is ridiculous. When restaurant owner Anthony Josephson weighed replacing workers with technology that could automate their jobs, the math never added up. Until this point, he said, whenever you go and run the numbers, it did not make sense. Josephson owns dozens of Burger King and Popeyes franchises in California. Starting April Fool's Day, he will now have to start paying his employees $20 per hour minimum Now, when you consider that his assistant managers weren't making $20 an hour before, he's gonna have to pay them a probably $30 an hour to keep them on board. This will most certainly affect the price of a leg, thigh, and mashed potato combo. This much we all know. Now, I've been telling you about this for quite some time, but earlier this year, the California State Legislature increased the minimum wage for fast food joint workers to a whopping $20 per hour and research shows that raising the minimum wage will likely result in layoffs. With the advent of delivery services like Uber Eats and DoorDash, along with sophisticated artificial intelligence and robots capable of flipping burgers, topping pizzas, etc., this is all beginning to change. As technology advances, costs and prices go down for technology, you will see massive losses of jobs in the fast food industry. Lee Ohanian is a senior fellow at Stanford University's Hoover Institution. He says, quote, in California, it may have already started. The Bureau of Labor Statistics has already tracked a 10% drop in employment at the California fast food restaurant industry. Last year, the statistics only reached back to 2022. The wage floor went from $12 an hour back then to $20 an hour coming up April 1st. While multinational restaurant corporations like Mickey D's and Wendy's earn lots of money in annual profits, most individual franchise owners operate on razor thin margins. Keith Miller is the Director of Public Affairs at the American Association of Franchisees and Dealers if a burger king flipping robot costs you five thousand dollars you're going to look at your checking account there might not be five thousand dollars in it right now but the money you're going to save from laquanda's letitia's tyrone's jerome's julio's and smart ass brads over the course of a year will most certainly pay for the automated whopper flopper restaurants have begun closing earlier cutting workers' hours, and laying off people to deal with the higher cost of the pending minimum wage disaster. Staring down a 23% wage for the lowest paid workers is going to be a major thought-provoking process. We're not against workers making more money, this individual said, but we have to make the numbers work. After all, we're in business to make a profit. Machines and computer programs can't fully replace human beings yet Heather Whiteman is an assistant professor at the University of Washington who specializes in the future of work in the US Heather says current AI systems are really good at repetitive tasks that have really well-defined patterns they struggle with nuanced things they can't handle unexpected situations I often on this program refer you to the old original Star Trek from the 1960s 1967 1968 era where these types of things were accurately, in my opinion, predicted decades before. Last evening, I watched an old rerun of the M5 Multitronic unit. It was supposed to be a robot that would replace humans so that humans would not have to risk their lives in space. Of course, it was a non-perfect artificial intelligence robot that ran the USS Enterprise into some trouble, killing many people on other starship vessels on the show, and eventually it had to be shut down. But you see, those were just the thoughts of Gene Roddenberry way back in 1967. Remember, the smartphone in your pocket has more computing power right there in the palm of your hand than the entirety of NASA had when we put a man on the moon back in those days. Your pocket calculator, has the same amount of computing power at a higher speed than the computer systems that ran the lunar landers of our moon missions in the 1960s. The loss of employment expected is going to prove at some point to be the downfall of the minimum wage rise. Because remember, someone with a more stressful job than dropping fries into a basket of hot grease or whopper flopping or mopping a bathroom. Those people moving up to $20 an hour is going to force other industries to have to raise their higher stress, higher intelligence quotient requirement jobs commensurate with that increase in minimum wage for the whopper floppers. Two franchisees in California are already cutting corners at the expense of their workers. Self-service kiosks mean Restaurants can now take customer orders without having to pay a cashier $20 an hour to get the order wrong. Two franchisees who own dozens of California pizza huts said earlier this month, they're laying off delivery drivers. As many as 2000 in California will lose their jobs. Good news for those people is they can always go to work for Uber and DoorDash. A $20 per hour minimum wage equals $41,600 per year. That's around the average annual earning of a citizen of California, according to U.S. Census data. California is one hell of an expensive place to live. I don't think 20 bucks an hour is going to bring those people out of near poverty. And they're still going to put onions on my whopper, whether I ask for it or not. This is the Truth Hurts program. There was a big stink about the Los Angeles Times yesterday. How dare this newspaper, owned by a Chinese man, discriminate against the Asians, the African Americans, the Latinos who work there. It was a ridiculous article based on a ridiculous premise. After all, a Chinese American is a minority for crying out loud. The problem is the unions and the union rules and the contracts agreed to by unions are the main reason that a large percentage of the employees of the Los Angeles Times, who happen to be minorities, are losing their jobs. Be careful what you wish for. The unions, in this case, are actually screwing over members of the unions. Some workers know the program well. The early morning email, the sudden emergency all-hands meeting added to your calendar, that means it's time for layoffs, and you are likely on the chopping block. Over the last three years of Joe Biden's economy called Bidenomics, many, many, many thousands of workers have faced layoffs. Layoff rooms can get tense, and if your manager isn't in there, well, you know it's coming from higher above. A layoff doesn't feel good. It can lead to situational depression, scrambling to stay financially afloat. I know I was laid off from jobs before. For some people, it comes as a complete surprise. It leaves them wondering how the hell they ended up on the layoff list and why the company decided to keep other people. It's quick to play the race card, but you see, you have to look at many factors when you're slashing jobs, especially in a union run business that has a seniority based layoff contract codicil my friends a lot of the people who have gotten laid off or are about to get laid off over there at the Los Angeles Times were recent hires they are people who just started people with nowhere near the level of experience as people who have been there for 15 to 20 years it's not because you're black it's not because you're Latino it's not because you're Asian Now, it's not even because you're white it's because perhaps John Smith, who has been with the company for 20 years and has successfully progressed through the ranks thanks to his merit, his hard work, his dedication, his devotion, and his loyalty to the company is a much better keeper than Duante, who just started last year and be complaining about everything and take off all the time with no real excuse for it and bash all the co-workers at the company and accuse everybody of being racist, and accuse everybody of being a bigot, and accuse everybody of everything. No one wants to work in an environment with a Levante who has that kind of attitude. But thanks to the lie of DEI, many companies had to hire people of color, whether they were qualified or not, whether they had an attitude problem or not. And now that Biden's economy has reached this terrible tipping point, Companies now finally have a reason, an excuse, an economic justification based on survival and profit margins. Companies can finally start getting rid of the dead weight, the bitching, complaining, whining, pissing, and moaning weight, and people who just don't play along. When I heard that the LA Times was laying off, quote, a disproportionately large number of minorities, unquote, I actually looked into the numbers. They're laying off quite a few people. But because of the union, the people with the most seniority get to keep their jobs. So the people with the least seniority, even though it includes some of the more recently added Hispanic centric publications or Blafrican centric publications or even Asian centric publications, well, last hired, first fired. That's the way business works. That's the way it always worked. If the people with seniority there had been doing a poor job all along, they would have lost their jobs because they weren't doing their jobs. Now they get to stay and the complainers, bye bye See ya. Toodaloo. And that's the way it should be in business. If you don't believe me, you will never, ever get ahead in whatever job you choose, whatever career field you decide to make your vocation ironically looking through my stack of paperwork here and on my multiple computer screens brian flood in fox news has a headline entitled la times faces backlash over layoffs that quote decimated union groups of overwhelmingly diverse reporters (laughs) caucuses within the la times guild designed to represent diverse communities in the newsroom are going to be decimated by the liberal paper's decision to lay off 115 staffers this week. This is what Brian Contreras, a tech and artificial intelligence reporter, one of the impacted staffers, told Fox News Digital. Quote, If these layoffs are allowed to go through, our caucuses will be decimated. The Latino caucus will lose 38% of its members. The Black Caucus will lose 33% of its members. The AAPI, American Asian and Pacific Islanders, and the Minasa, Middle Eastern, North American and South Asian Caucuses will lose 34% of their combined membership. Contreras is the chairman of the LA Times Guild Unit Council, a union, and they scolded their employer, the newspaper, following the gutting news that the mass layoffs were already underway, claiming it doesn't have to be this way. Contreras continued, This is in large part because the company refused to offer newsroom-wide voluntary buyouts before launching the layoffs which could have incentivized more senior staff members who are disproportionately white to step up and take the place of younger staff members who are disproportionately people of color and more likely to get laid off. So wait a minute. You think that you have the power and the authority to tell a business, this newspaper, that they should have shelled out large amounts of money to buy out the older, more senior, more experienced, more qualified white employees just so less experienced, less seniority-based minorities can keep their jobs? Roughly 20% of the newsroom is being shown the door. And Contreras, making all of these accusations against the Times, is not certain about the exact racial breakdown of the layoffs, aside from what appears to be unfounded claims. A former LA Times staffer who was impacted by the layoffs said it's possible that some diverse people would have taken a voluntary buyout. Why would I buy you out when I can simply lay you off, but bye. go find a job somewhere else? This person told Fox News Digital, just look at the list of names of the people who were laid off. I think you will find they were overwhelmingly diverse reporters. Some LA Times employees who have announced that they were laid off on social media include Lucas Kwan Peterson. Peterson, that sounds like a white name. Steven Vargas, that eh, might be Hispanic. Boris Chaka, okay. Chelsea Hilton, Steve Saldivar, Christian Martinez, Jonah Valdez, Kenan Droghorn, Jared Cervantes, Jong Park, Jean Guerrero, Queenie Wong, Christian Orozco, and Alejandra Molina. So what? Are you looking for a Mike Smith and a Kevin Jones and a Karen Anderson? Is that what you're looking for? The so-called guild has been fighting for a long time for seniority protections. The paper agrees that impacted staffers will have less seniority. The company supposedly is allowed to skip laying off a certain number of employees that they deem critical. The newspaper's owner, Dr. Patrick Soon-Shiong, I think he's Chinese or Korean, he calls the layoffs painful, but he says they are necessary in order for the paper to survive the significant multi-million yearly dollar losses that the paper has endured. So first you have a union that says, we must protect the seniority of our senior staff. And now that they find out that a lot of the senior staff is white, they wanna change the rules of engagement to pander to the minorities. Hmm, typical, and this is a liberal newspaper. For me, the LA Times is the thing you put in the bottom of the birdcage, or to line the bottom of your crawfish tray to keep the poop away. You've probably heard of Cornell University, According to Nick Lanham, major Cornell donor pulls funding over quote, toxic DEI culture and wrote a letter calling for the president of that university's resignation. One of Cornell university's most prominent donors has called on the school's president to resign, said he will no longer donate to that institution if they continue to implement diversity, equity and inclusion initiatives. In an open letter to chairman Craig Kaiser and the board of trustees, Cornell Emeritus Trustee and President Counselor John A. Lenseth has urged the university to abandon its misguided commitment to DEI, stating that its embrace of such initiatives has yielded disgrace rather than excellence. This individual says, I am proud to count myself one of several generations of Lenseths who are Cornell alumni and invested donors but I am alarmed by the diminished quality of education offered lately by my alma mater because of its disastrous involvement with DEI policies that have infiltrated every part of the university. I have spent years hearing the stories of Cornell and its leadership, participating as a student, sponsoring and funding some of the university's exemplary past work, including the library for which I continue to fund. I can no longer make general contributions until the university reformulates its approach to education by replacing DEI groupthink with the original noble intent of Cornell. Lincef has been one of the school's largest donors for several decades and contrasted President Martha Pollack's shameful response to anti-Semitism and Hamas terrorism with her strong response in the wake of the George Floyd drug overdose death. Mr. Linseth suggests the discrepancy shows the school is no longer concerned with discovering and disseminating knowledge, but rather adhering to DEI groupthink. Linseth said, Today the instruction Cornell offers is in the DEI groupthink applied to every field of study. The result is a moral decay, some call it rot, that falls in line with the prevailing ideology and dishonors basic principles of justice, and free speech. He said that a new campus bias reporting system has helped to foster an Orwellian environment amongst classmates, colleagues, and neighbors. Finally, he says, alumni of Cornell have organized to offer support and feedback over the past year, providing policy recommendations and whistleblower accounts of problematic behavior on campus by students, by faculty, and by administrators alike. The intent has been to see Cornell's excellence restored by a determined rolling back of DEI and the toxic academic environment it creates. In a letter, Seth says, with the writing of this letter, an increased number of Cornell alumni are refusing to continue donating to their alma mater. Unfortunately, President Pollack and her administration have refused to engage with concerned alumni and their sound policy recommendations to correct Cornell's course. No alumnus, student, or faculty member should accept Cornell's being in this shameful position. We need new leadership to correct these intolerable circumstances and to redeem Cornell's legacy and honor as soon as possible." And as usual, liberal, woke, progressive, DEI-focused Cornell did not return any requests of Fox News Digital or anyone else looking for a comment. And we all know why. Cornell is a progressive, liberal, woke, diverse, equity, inclusiveness mecca, and they don't feel that they owe the lowlifes of America any explanation for their radical shift towards communism, socialism, Bidenism. All right, gang, I've run out of time for this edition of the Truth Hurts program. Go out there and make it a great day, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening. Copyright 2024, the Truth Hurts Program Network, all rights reserved. Background music, Jason Shaw and Audionautix.